Hello, everybody, and welcome to Broadcasting in Black and White, brought to you by Bib Media. I am Joe Messieri, your co-host of the podcast. We'll be hearing from my partner, Kenton Young, in just a little bit. But before we get started today, I wanted to give you a little bit of an idea of what this podcast hopes to accomplish, considering it is our first podcast. Broadcasting in Black and White was created to try and look at how this industry may continue to develop in the future, giving some of the unpredictability that's going on right now. Here we'll talk to producers, reporters, directors, YouTubers, people pushing the envelope to try and see where this might go with things like set-top boxes, you know, Apple TV or Roku and the internet and apps and how all of those things are impacting the industry right now and how they will continue to impact and shape the industry in the future. So we're trying to talk to those people who are ahead of the trend to see what tips they got that work for them. Also to see what tools they're using right now so that you can try and cut through some of all that noise that's out there as people compete for your attention. And hopefully we'll hear some cool stories along the way. I just want to start by giving a shout out to Crush Productions for putting together our intro music for this podcast and tell you a little bit about our first guest, who would be Naeem Douglas. Naeem Douglas is a one-man band video journalist at times for New York One. He is also the founder of The Brooklydelphian. The Brooklydelphian is Naeem's brainchild. It's a lifestyle website that looks at the similarities between Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Naeem was born in Philadelphia and now lives in Brooklyn. And in this podcast, we talk a little bit about red pants, for one, and the importance of having two pairs of red pants, presidents crying on camera, quoting The Onion and the struggle that that causes on social media, and of course, the pocket printing press. We hope you guys enjoy and get a few tips out of this. Without further ado, here is Broadcasting in Black and White. Hey, everybody, and thanks for listening. I am Joe Masiri, as always, with my partner, Kenton Young, and co-host here. Kenton, what's going on today, man? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> this is Broadcasting in Black and White. This is our inaugural podcast here, so we want to give you just a little bit of an idea of what we're trying to do here. We're going to be interviewing people who we believe are on the cutting edge of the broadcasting industry, be it news reporters, people in television, on social media. And we're trying to get an idea of where this industry is going to be going in the next five or ten years and check out some cool things that are going on right now that we've discovered along the way. That being said, today's guest, our first guest, is Naeem Douglas. He is a reporter at New York One, also the co-founder of The Brooklydelphian. And Naeem and I used to work together at News 12, the Bronx in, uh, Bronx in Brooklyn, a local cable station that was run by Cablevision, which is in the process of being sold. Maybe we'll get to that in a later podcast. But for today, Naeem, thanks so much for being with us, man. Uh, thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm excited to be the first guest. This is cool. Yeah, so we got a couple lined up, so you won't be the only one. That's that's the good news here. Hopefully we can get some traction here. And I wanted to talk to you, and Kenton wanted to talk to you, because we think you're doing some really cool things. Let's start with, uh, tell me a little bit about what you do for New York One here and, and what type of station New York One is. Uh, I mean, I do general assignment reporting, which in a nutshell, I mean, you guys know what it is, but I guess for someone who's not that familiar with it, general assignment reporting is just going out 
and pretty much doing whatever comes your way, especially, and I work at night shifts, so, you know, in, in New York City, all kinds of uh, interesting and, and crazy things can happen once the sun goes down. So, you know, it's yeah. a matter of just going out and, uh, you know, tackling uh, whatever story comes your way. Now, I know that New York One has what we call one-man mm-hmm. bands, multimedia journalists, VJs, whatever the heck they want to call us at that shop. Right. Uh, are you doing right. any of that currently? Uh, not so much at night. Uh, New York One has a really, you know, they've been doing, they've been doing this one at Manning now. I think they started in 93 or 90. 92. They started in 92. They yeah. started in early 90s. They were probably, I would say they were the, the people that were out front when it came to, I guess, uh, MJing and, and how that's done. And they have a really interesting way of doing it. They're beat reporters. You know, the guys who have like, like, and you know, all those guys. Uh, actually, I don't know if Dean does much. Uh, Dean Meredith but is the um, legal Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, he's Dean Meredith. Yeah. yeah, is the, uh, the uh, covers uh, the law and civil justice. Yeah. Um, but what they do is they'll go. I'll take Janine because I know what she does. Uh, Janine Ramirez is a Brooklyn reporter for New York One. Um, she'll probably, she does most of her stuff where she's going out and covering the the local things that happen in Brooklyn, um, which makes sense. A lot of them are. Sometimes they're one-stop shops, and one-stop shops mean all the elements of your story are at that one particular location. And then she comes back, and she works with an editor, and they and they put it together. Um, but for me, when I'm at night, I'm I'm going out and covering all kinds of crazy things. So I'm not typically by myself uh, uh, shooting and editing, but I can if if that need comes around. So they have a little bit of a hybrid of NMJ and also, you know, having having photographers with their reporters. Now we were obviously it works well. Now, when it comes to the reaction, I mean, obviously we saw um, the shooting that took place in in Virginia. That was not a crowded area. Did did anything change for you at New York One after that happened? Um, I don't think any of the reporters actually went out and did any live. Uh, shots that day. Like, it was all you went out for your story and you came back to the studio and, uh, and packed it. Right. You know what? The, that, that shooting, and now I, I've, I feel like I've always thought about going to certain stories and then, like, you know, what we do is, is dangerous. Right. I think now, every now and then, I think about how vulnerable we are when we're out covering the story. Um, but it hasn't, I don't think it hasn't, it hasn't changed how I approach uh, stories that could be dangerous. This makes me much more aware of, of what's going on around. And not, I mean, not to and, say not to say that we are the same as cops or firefighters or things like that. But there's a certain aspect of the person who runs toward the event right, that's absolutely. happening, as opposed to those who are running away from it. And sometimes, believe absolutely. it or not, we get and there the, before the cops. The weird thing, or the the really sad part about what's happened in, in Virginia is that this was not even a day. That was not even a dangerous story. That was just right. super uber random. Like, that was, I almost feel like it, it was a really... It was a feature outlaw, live shot outlaw. in the morning. It was a feature yeah, live I mean, shot for the morning. And you guys, yeah, 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 yeah it, it, you know, now, we have, I have a buddy that's in California, and over there, it is, it is, I'm not even sure how they do what they do over there because there are so many instances where, you know, you turn around and then you turn back around and your camera's gone, or you turn around and then someone's hitting you in the face with a gun. Like, I've, there's reporters over there. 
that are being threatened on that to me is is really really scary. I think going forward with what we what we do as one man banders and even when we have photographers with us, it, we got to find some kind of way to do it and still keep the you know keep us safe. I don't know what's going on over there in, in California. I think it's in Oakland and the surrounding areas where the reporters have been threatened and, and, and whatnot. I think you hit it. You got to just find a way to stay alert. Keep your street smarts going twenty four seven, you know. Absolutely, and, and absolutely. You know, I, I hadn't intended to get so uh, heavy right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Joe. We just dove right into it. So um, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we got it. It's something to think about. I mean, absolutely. we live it. You know, what we do, what we do, eighty percent of the time is safe, and eighty percent of the time, I, and I think this is across the board with probably any job anyone has uh it's pretty much the run-of-the-mill type of thing uh but you do have some issues where you know crazy things happen you just have to kind of to deal with it or roll with it right and obviously now we're seeing the uh, events going on in paris we know so many uh reporters and photographers and producers who have headed that way so uh stay safe everybody yeah. over there right now yeah, absolutely um Switching gears here and hopefully lightening things up for a little bit. Uh, after we worked together okay. at uh, News 12, you went over to uh, the NBC affiliate in Philadelphia. That's that's home for you as well. It is home for me. Your it first is. your first home, I should say. Um, yes. Yes. Were, Brooklyn, is, Brooklyn is now my home, but uh, affiliate is my hometown. I like that. Um, so while you were there, um, tell me a, a little bit about what happened and, and your situation there and kind of how it led to your current venture that you have going simultaneous to your work at New York One, the uh, Brooklydelphian. Uh, well, I got there in, I left there, or I got there in 2013. Uh, the director there, Angel Williams, uh, also my stuff and said, come on down and explain to me that they're trying to, they have Timperlong as the other uh, multimedia journalist slash reporter that they have there, and I was the and I was the second one. And he was, and what they're trying to do, I think they're trying to ease into the idea of uh, an MJ. Okay. So I had the I had the New Jersey bureau, uh, Washington New Jersey bureau. I had the uh, Mercer County bureau, and that includes Trenton, uh, Princeton. Hamilton, all of the different little towns that are in central New Jersey right there. And Tim did Delaware, which is probably the, the size of <laughs> of County. And it was a matter of... I'm sorry, know, wait, wait, Delaware was the size of what? Delaware is almost, I mean, it's a small state. So he covered, he tried to cover the entire state, but it's about the size of, you know, Delaware is a small state. So we, me and him had practically the same amount of area to, to cover. Okay. But... Our office was the living room, pretty much. I mean, we rarely came in. <laughs> we, we rarely came into the, the newsroom, and it was a matter of for him. He he's from. I think he's from Delaware. So for him, he rolled right into rolled right into being able to you know turn different stories and, and whatnot. And me, I kind of parachuted into to Jersey, and I think New Yorker and even in in even Philadelphia. Uh, have this weird uh, relationship with New Jersey where you kind of like say New Jersey and you kind of like cringe a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, New Jersey. So when I got the gig and it was like, you know, let's 
you know, you got to you, you got to figure out what's going on in New Jersey. It was a matter of finding out who the players were and, and, and getting in with people and whatnot. And when I got there, it was around the time of uh, the Trenton's mayor again caught in some kind of crazy scandal. Again, you had you had uh, Governor Christie. I've the what went on in Trenton with Tony Mack is a made for TV, made for no, the big three. Like what he did was <laughs> it was crazy. So that made that made the year I was there really really interesting because I always had something to talk about when it came when it came to that. And when I ended up I ended up leaving uh, maybe a year and some change afterwards. Just uh, it just I guess I won't go too 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 deep into it, but it just wasn't working out. And I was able to, to, to leave there in part on great terms. I still talk to Andy every now and then, um, and, and even, uh, and even the GM that was there. And but during that time that I was off between going to New York one and, and leaving uh, NBC 10, I was able to start something called the Brooklyn which is a mix between Brooklyn and Philly. And I try to connect these two places together. Um, you know, when the Phillies won the World Series in 2008, in, in Brooklyn, there were red Philly caps everywhere. <laughs> Blasphemous. I mean, everywhere. And what's really funny is, and this is a very Philly reaction, I saw this guy with a Phillies hat on, right in Fort Greene, and, I, and, I, and I'm looking, and I, and I say, you know, like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing a Phillies hat? And he looked at me like, I'm from Philly. Like, duh. Like, of course. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. Okay. And it took me, you know, that 2008, you know, until last year to finally put together, like, you know, there are a lot of people who live in Brooklyn who are from Philly, and there are a lot of people from Brooklyn, uh, and, or vice versa anyway. And that just gave me the idea to try and connect these two places together. And it's been a slow burn, you know, getting it off the ground. It's almost like writing or almost like uh, running your own uh, newsroom. You know, you're in charge of, I'm, I'm going out and I'm finding these people. I'm going out and I'm interviewing these people. I'm, I'm knocking on the door for sponsors. And, you know, I'm, I'm the sales department. I'm the reporter. I'm the editor. I'm the human resource manager. I'm everything. So, you're the one you know, but man. It's the really, <laughs> yeah, man, it, it, it's really, really cool. And it, and it allows me to just uh, to show some creativity that you just aren't able to do in traditional media and traditional journalism. And do you say that to the to the detriment of traditional media and traditional journalism? Because I mean, the storytelling and it is storytelling that you're doing, be it on Instagram, on Facebook, on on the Brooklyn website itself. Uh, do you, do you think that that's to the detriment in in reaching a younger audience, a new audience, a more technologically savvy audience? So I think it's what's in it one more time. Do you think you you mentioned that you're able to do this type of storytelling with the Brooklyn in a way that you can't with traditional journalism. Is that, I mean, is that to the detriment of traditional journalism? Have you noticed people, have you reached an audience through the Brooklyn that maybe you haven't through I think, your journalism? You know, I think it is. I think it, it is the idea of the Brooklyn doesn't fit the traditional model. Like, I mean, I've, I've, I've went to people and said, and I have this idea about running into people. Like, there's something here. And I just don't think that it fits what traditional media. Uh, it doesn't fit the narrative. I don't know if narrative is the right the right word, but it's almost like where would I put this in my newscast? Mm. Is the idea like 
why would I, where does, where, where does this go? So the internet and social media is the place we want to go. And that's the, the, you know, we all have a Gutenberg press in our pockets now. And we all can have the power to be able to be like, well, if I can't get it here, I'll just do it myself. Hey, if, if, so if Gutenberg's pre- printing press could have done everything our phones could do, man, yeah. that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> we have the 2015 version of, of the Gutenberg press. <laughs> right. And, and, it, and it, 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 it is so true, and it empowers so many of us to be able to, to put out what our stories. The only thing, you know, people today say, oh, you know, uh, even with music, they think the music isn't this good anymore, or media isn't telling you this, or media isn't telling you that. That is so far from the truth. Like, if if people only knew, you know, at one time, you could only you can only get your news from a few different sources. Right. Now you have so many different places to to get your news from. That it all depends on where you're looking. It, it, you just have to you have to to. to you know, look through the snow of the noise of how many things, are how many different people are saying things, but the information is out there. And right. some really, I got a question. I got a question from you for on that there, and I, I just don't want us to get off track because this is just. So then, how much of it, in your opinion, becomes people looking for the information that confirms what they already believe versus people looking for the truth and finding people who are impartial? There lies. There lies the rub. That's what it is. I mean, it, it it really is hard. I have to, I make a concerted effort to read things from multiple places. I don't think that that's true for many people. And I think part of the reason I do it is because it is my job. I mean, I have to be able to know what the heck is going on. But I think it, it is hard for people to, to read things or to, to see things that are out of their little bubble. So, I mean, I guess that's the, the, the cut the other way. Y- yes, there's more people out there telling more stories and, and whatnot, but it becomes so much easier to get caught up in your own type of uh, uh, rose-tinted classes, so to speak. So then with so much information and so many different sources out there, I mean, you, you can't read everything. You can't see everything. How do you decide which different versions you're going to read. Do you have a couple that you go to that you really like, and how, how'd you find them? I do. Um, New York Times is the paper of record still for me. So I go there. You know what it is? On social media, on Facebook, I see so many people. I used to be the, I used to be the guy who would comment on everybody in my feed whenever they would post something that wasn't true. You know, like someone reads something from the Onion or uh, or uh, what's the dude from the New Yorker uh, who does a satire, and I would say, "Dude, this is fake! Like it's a satire! <laughs> right. Like, come on! Like, get with it!" Here is a a BS meter. Like, you can tell if something is phony if it is not for me. If the New York Times hasn't worded on it in some type of way, then it probably isn't true. And then I just go down from there. Right? New York Times, maybe the Daily News, the Washington Post. Uh, even even uh, Huffington Post, if you want to get more to the younger people and whatnot. Right. But I do have a, a way of, you know, I read the Post, I read the, the New York Post, the Washington Post, the Times. Uh, I'll read, uh, you know, from the, some of the dailies, Philadelphia uh, Daily News, New York Daily News. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I try to decipher what's 
what's real and what's not. Talking Points Memo is a good place to, to go to as well. Uh, and that's how I try to figure out what in the world is, is going on. Right. I, and listen, if you want to get into a heated debate with Naeem, I mean, he is willing to have you challenge his <laughs> opinions on Facebook. <laughs> he is open for, for no, debate I, and discourse. He will engage I'm you. So, so. Sorry, so sorry about that, but you know you're going to explode. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bummed that no one was able to record our debate that we would have in the Brooklyn newsroom. We would really like go back and forth. It was pretty good. And to be honest, uh, just to let our listeners in a little bit, some of that was debate. Some of it was, um, our, well, full disclosure here. I mean, you can see us. Naeem is black and I am white. And there was stop and frisk was the huge thing and that was uh, going on when we were in the newsroom. We would have conversations just for myself trying to get a perspective that I would never be able to live, yeah. something I would never be able to see you know, and experience firsthand. So um, definitely enlightening. To, to say the least, have some of those conversations with you. I, again, maybe one day we'll, uh, I'm sure you know the new cycle recycles itself, so we'll get to those uh, one day or another. Now listen, you got to check out uh, his stuff on the Brookladelphian. Naeem, he's an unbelievable photographer, uh, still right. and video. He's uh, got a great ear for music, and you'll see his eye for style. I mean, the guy belongs on the cover of GQ. I'm sure it's just a matter of time before that happens there. I definitely need to get some uh, tips from you, brother. Yeah, I said when, when I grow up, Naeem's going to take me shopping so I can get, uh, get clothes and up my swagger. But, I'm looking for some cool socks, by the way, so let me know. <laughs> I got uh, you. He does, he does, I, mean, I, I can, I can, I can see it in right, right. You know what's a really, really quick and funny story is. So, I have, I'm so much into what I'm wearing. I have not one, but two pairs of red pants. One, <laughs> I saw is my, You're one right. is my spring, my spring pants, and the other are my corduroys, and that's for like fall and for the winter. So is and one a burgundy and one a, a lighter red in there? No, no. They, these are these are stop sign reds. These these are really <laughs> really red pants. But anyway, I'm at I'm at uh, I'm at Penn Station one day, and this guy walks up to me, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I love your 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 outfit, man. I'm like I'm, I have this date next week. Um, I really I really want to impress her, and I want to be able to to wear something like cool. And I'm like, Oh, okay, that's cool. And he gives me his his number, and we trade information. And then maybe like two or three days later, he calls me up and he's like, I'm at Century 21 and I'm trying to pick some clothes out. <laughs> and I walked this guy, I, I, I walked this guy through wow. picking out clothes. It was like, it was surreal, but yeah, but yeah so if I could help him out, I can, I can help you guys out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, you know, we'll post some of those pictures, uh, on uh, our our website, that's uh, yeah, looking at it right now. Bro. Big, big I couldn't, do it. TV. couldn't do it. <laughs> so listen, uh, you know, on on that note, Naeem, you know, looking at, at some of the things you post on there, um, the the video, the pictures, some of them are absolutely incredible. What do you use when you shoot that stuff uh, for social media specifically? I use either. Most times, I have my iPhone. A lot of the video that you see on on uh, Instagram and some of the other video I shoot is all from my iPhone. Um, I have a camera, a uh, Nikon D7100 that I use sometimes, but I don't. I only use it to shoot my stills. The video you see is, is all from my iPhone. And I, I tell people, um, you know, people ask me that a lot, like, you know, what do I shoot with? I tell them my iPhone, and they kind of look at me like, really, you, 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 use that? you shoot your iPhone? It really is about framing the stuff up the right way 
and getting and getting an interesting way to, to shoot the, the, the the cameras that are in our mobile phones are really really great. They're they're awesome to shoot video with. And as a matter of going out there and trying to find the, the right way to, to shoot it. Right. And then, are there any apps that you really like to use when it comes to, I mean, you, so many, you're a hashtag press play, of course, so many videos and and, uh, and the I, music I'm that so, you used underneath. Joe, I'm so vanilla with it, man. I, I have my I, I iMovie, and yeah. that's what I use to cut videos and put them, and put them up. It, it really is amazing that, you know, it'll, it could take me maybe like 45 minutes to you know, record something, find a cool soundtrack for it, slice it together, and then and then put it together. Um, it really is a matter of being able to catch whatever something cool is you see, and then and then crafting that through through your phone. And I do it with iMovie, and for my photography, there's this really cool app called Inlight E N L I G H T. Okay. And that's what I use the app to kind of tweak my photos. Is that a free app? Uh, I think so. Okay. There, I mean, if it's not in life, there's a bunch of other free apps that you can use. Um, Odor, I think, is a free app. Uh, Say that again. How do you spell that? It's it's S O T O R. S. And then there's okay. And then there's camera, in camera, and that's a that's an app that I used in the past, and they're really good with that. So you really just experimented and found what you like most. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's cool. And you know what, when, when it comes to getting, you know, shooting photos the right way, when somebody that's with, or I say to people, when you go to someone's house and they cook you an amazing meal, you're like, man, that food was, that was really, really good. Uh, what kind of stove do you have? No one, <laughs> ever, no one ever asked that question. And that's the same, that is the same thing when someone says, oh man, I love your picture. What kind of photo do you, what kind of camera do you use? I mean, I use an iPhone. It's about how you you right. you put it together. You know what I mean? Only a bad craftsman blames their tools. That's the cliche you got it. <laughs> from back in the day. Yeah. I have that. I have that pinned at my at my cubicle. Awesome. Well, we got about three minutes left here. I want to throw a couple things at you rapid fire, so uh, you don't have to uh, you don't have to answer them rapid fire. But I want to uh, to get you to address some of these here. Uh, first thing. Is there any story that you've seen, read, heard that you're really into right now that's really making you think right now? Hmm, yes. Um, our colleague, who he used to work at News 12, he's at um, NBC4 now, uh, Evan Stahlberger, I'm saying his last name right, and Chris Glorioso did an amazing, amazing story earlier this week about uh, stuff up in Seamless, about how some of these restaurants don't actually exist yeah. that you're buying your food from. Uh, and it's a, it is a super, it reminds me of like these, you know, boots on the ground, so to speak, or like gumshoot kind of story where it was a, you know, let's call these people up and see what happens. And they were calling people up and having, or not calling, but they were having their food delivered. And the addresses that were connected to the restaurants through Seamless did either didn't exist or there were houses or it was, it was, it was nuts. That story ended up having seamless and rough up, changing the way that they set businesses. That's like journalism, and that's one of the reasons why, as a kid, I wanted to be a journalist because of cool stories like that, making you know making a difference, so to speak. 
Awesome. Uh, we'll definitely find a link and put that up on our, our website. Uh, wanted to know, is there anything you see right now that you learned in, in school or from someone that is applicable every day or any lesson you might have learned along the way that is out the window, doesn't apply anymore? Either one or both. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I don't think so. You know what? My This is might not be for journalism, but I had a professor say that a president could never cry and on camera and like that could never happen and if they did that would be the end of their presidency and whatnot hmm. um and we've seen the president obama cry three or four times on TV before. i think that um maybe before before media was so accessible before cameras were everywhere that may have been true because it's been seen as like a sign of weakness or whatever the case may be but i think we've been inundated so much with video of so many of people that you see whether it's in politics or whatever the case may be, that maybe that's that's well, clearly it's not true anymore. All right. Uh, where do you see the broadcasting industry as it applies to your uh, specific role in it here in the next five to ten years? Uh, more, <laughs> more or less. Um, as in more with less. You more said with less. Yeah. Yeah. Do more with less. Uh, you know that. I, they're going to want us reporters to shoot iPhone video, shoot uh, pictures, to do Snapchat, to Periscope. So all while you're live. I think <laughs> yeah. I, whatever the, whatever Periscope will be in five or ten years, that's what we'll be doing. Um, it really is a matter of of trying to get viewers closer or or readers or clickers closer and closer and closer to the process of what we do behind the scenes and as we're giving you the story. Sounds good. And any advice you would give to somebody who's looking to enter the field today? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say uh, that? No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> be ready to be ready to, to work. Um, I've been able, I've been fortunate to talk to, to students about getting into this and I would say whenever the opportunity comes, take advantage of it. Um, and every opportunity that I've had in this business, I've uh, taken or at least tried to take full advantage of it. And, you know, opportunities aren't free, but when they come, you've got to just make sure that you make the best, the best of it. You know, whether it's staying late, whether it's coming in early, whatever the case may be, don't be afraid to work. Yeah, there's no substitute. Lot. No substitute for hard work. Yeah, no, not at all. And sometimes you won't get paid for it. Sometimes at the beginning you right. just gotta work and just and just do it. And and you know you, you, the payoff is longevity and staying in the business. Awesome. All right, my man. Where can uh, people find you on the social medias and the interwebs of the world? There, if they want to look you up, they can look me up at thebrookdelphian.com. Uh, that's the website. Mm-hmm. I'm also 90douglas.com. It's my journalist website. Uh, Brooklyn is on Instagram. Brooklyn on Twitter. Uh, on Facebook. Uh, Naeem Reports. So Facebook.com slash Naeem Reports. Yeah, and, they, and that's where they can, they can find me on social media. Awesome. And I hope, hopefully, we'll, hopefully uh, they'll enjoy what they say. Awesome. And, of course, we will uh, put all that information for you guys 
on our website. Uh, that is bibmedia.tv. Naeem, man, thanks so much for taking some time out and talking to us today. This was fun. Hopefully we can yeah, do it again. Man, thank you, brother. Yeah, this was, this was a lot of fun, and I'm really excited for, for you guys. Uh, I can't wait to see what you, what you turn this into. This is a amazing idea, and I wish you nothing but best for you guys. Appreciate it. And just one more for our listeners out there. Naeem's playing a little under the weather today, so uh, next time maybe, I'm, I'm going to tease, this is, this is what we call a tease in the business, but maybe next <laughs> time we'll, uh, we'll talk about the uh, tall story, about how tall you are. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that for our listeners for next time. Anyway, oh hey Naeem, thanks again. Yeah, okay, dude. I appreciate it. This is Broadcasting in Black and White. I'm Joe Masiri. I'm Kenton Young. And of course, this is Bib Media, Believe the Hype. Hey everybody, Joe Masiri here again. Want to thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Broadcasting in Black and White. And want to remind you to check out bibmedia.tv. That's B-I-B for Born in Brooklyn, media.tv. If you go on our blog and search podcast, they'll all pop up in one nice convenient location for you, including everything that Naeem talked about curated into one neat little package. So you don't have to go searching the interwebs for the tools and stories that he talked about today. If you're interested and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We will also have a link to that on Naeem's podcast summary page. And if you have any ideas of who you'd like to hear from in the future, please suggest it our way. You can reach us on Twitter. That's Bib Media, at Bib Media, I should say. And over on Instagram, we'll keep it simple, at Bib Media as well. Really, again, appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. And until next time, this is Broadcasting in Black and White. Brought to you by Bib Media, born in Brooklyn. Believe the hype.